Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the second season of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me cosplayer Kiki Cosplay, who has cosplayed as many characters, Rapunzel, Ginger Charizard, Gnars, Pinkie Pie, Mary Jane, and Rainbow Dash, as well as a Lolita mate. So thank you for being on the podcast. Sure, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. So now a lot of my listeners want to know, how did you discover cosplay? Well, I went to my first Anime Expo in 2007, and I didn't really know about cosplay, but I knew people dressed up. I had ordered a cosplay. It was Yuki from Vampire Night, and I bought it online. I wore it. It was fun. Then I got there, and I saw all these crazy amazing cosplayers, giant mechas, and huge armor, and weapons, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And it actually took me a while to be able to actually sit down and get into it. I didn't really start sewing a lot and making props until the last couple of years. I was just so inspired by all the amazing artwork I saw. And now when did you start? You just mentioned that in the last few years you really started to create your own cosplays. When did you start get into actually the creation process of it all? Well, two years ago I made my first prop. It was for NAR. It was a big boomerang. So it was pretty simple. I learned a lot from that even though it was a small project. I was, oh my gosh, this is so much more difficult than so many cosplayers make it seem. And then last year my Ty Lee cosplay that I wore to Anime California was actually the first one I made totally by myself completely from scratch no help from mama kiki i was pretty proud of that it wasn't perfect but i did this it didn't exist before and now you've cosplayed many characters which we're going to get to a little bit later on in this podcast how do you get started and how do you say i'm going to cosplay this character and how does that entire process start for you i literally have an entire notebook for cosplay i write down every character i want to cosplay and the list right now is literally endless it kind of depends on the season i've learned the hard way not to wear hot cosplays at Anime Expo when it's 100 degrees out. Whenever things are on my radar or if my friends are cosplaying something similar, I'm like, hey, well, I have one on my list that's from that anime or from that game, so let's do it together. It'll be fun. And then when you go and create a cosplay, do you sketch things out or do you use references? So I'm a terrible artist, so I sketch things out. It makes sense to me, but it wouldn't make sense to anybody else. I look up a lot of references of the character, canon art, fan art. I usually look up other cosplays too. Sometimes put them all in Photoshop, circle the different things that I like about different stuff like, oh, I like this person's wings, or I really like the style of these gauntlets, and just go from there. And now, who are some of your role models in the cosplay community? There is Kamui Cosplay. She's a German cosplayer. She has amazing armor and LED work. Sparkle Pipsy is amazing at super kawaii, overly ruffly things. And then, of course, there's the super popular ones, right? Jessica Negri. I really like her. I know some people hate on her, but some of the armor stuff she does is insane. So I respect that. We might be going into the no zone of cosplay here but cosplay can be expensive between yes. <laughs> fabrics, wigs, parts, molds, molding clay, and other materials as well as props. How do you balance all these costs? I kind of look at my cons for the year and usually there's more in the summer, especially Anime Expo. I always try to do my big cosplays then. So I just know that May, June, July is going to suck for my wallet. But then over a year I try to plan like, okay, I'm going to do one or two big expensive cosplays. Like I'm going to need Warbla. Then I'll do others. I'm going to do something simpler with less fabric. I just try to do more simple ones than complicated ones. And now in your cosplays, you use a variety of materials. How do you go about shopping for these materials? I love fabric shopping. So I live in LA and I live 20 minutes from the fabric district. And the first time I went there, I was like in heaven. It's literally just blocks and blocks of 
tons of fabric stores and there's so much more fabric than I'd ever imagined. Cause I used to just go to Joann's and they have a lot of fabric, but it's nothing compared to Fashion District. I can literally spend hours walking through the aisles and being like, oh, I like this. And then of course I like see things that are completely irrelevant to any costume. I'm like, oh, but it's shiny and it's pink. I'm gonna buy it, but I don't know why. <laughs> and when you're shopping for fabrics and other materials, you ever buy more than you need as yeah. like kind of pre-planning for other cosplays? Not so much planning for other cosplays, but I'm always afraid of getting too little. And of course that's ended up, I have a lot of scrap fabric and I try to reuse them for other stuff, but most of the time I still have a lot that's just sitting there, which is kind of a bad habit. The more I work on stuff, I'm trying to get a better sense of like, okay, how much do I actually need? And now obviously we spoke about fabric and how you sketch and the weather affects you with your cosplays. Does anything else affect what you cosplay as? I tend to cosplay characters that are like my personality, like Pinkie Pie, for example, is kind of like my spirit animal. She's energetic and she loves to party and she loves making friends. So that's one of my favorite characters to cosplay. Or Nar is kind of like this little fuzzy creature that's crazy. It's just fun to cosplay. And I do like to cosplay other ones that are outside of my normal personality, but I just find it easier and more fun to be characters that I connect with. And obviously you've been cosplaying for only a few years now. What do you find to be the biggest challenge so far in this entire process? Sometimes I find myself wanting to cosplay stuff and that's too hard, I can't do that. For example, when I did my Charizard cosplay, I had to make these big wings and I had no idea what I was doing. I bought some PVC pipes and wood and screws and I'm just looking at all this stuff and I'm just, this isn't gonna happen. I don't know what to do. And eventually I sat down and did it. It turned out okay and I was like, okay, I can do this. But now of course I look at the next cosplay, I'm like, now I gotta do something even more challenging. I push myself a lot to learn new materials and that can be hard when you have no idea what you're doing. And now we briefly spoke about your first cosplay experience. So we're gonna talk about some of the cosplays you've created. One being Gardevoir mm -hmm. to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. How did this cosplay come about? I lived in Germany for a year and I had come home back to America the week before Anime Expo and I had nothing made. I was like, no, it's Anime Expo. I need to make something. I always loved Gardevoir. She's a very elegant Pokemon. I always thought it would make a really nice Jajinka, like a humanized form. But I wanted to do something that was simple and summery. So I went out, I bought a pattern for this nice flowy dress. I altered it a little bit and I made some arm sleeves and I was able to do it in just a couple of days and have it all ready for Anime Expo. And, and it was fun. It's a pretty comfortable cosplay to wear, which is always a nice perk because that doesn't happen very often. And being that it's a humanized form of a Pokemon, how do you feel like it was received with the amount of effort you put into it? It went over well. People knew who I was, which was good. People weren't like, oh, what are you, random green-haired person? And it's always nice people know what you're cosplaying because if they don't, you're like, oh, man, you don't know who I am. And now staying with the Pokemon theme, you also cosplayed as Charizard. And I believe you have an interesting story to tell about this cosplay. So Charizard has always been one of my dream cosplays. He's been my favorite Pokemon forever. So I finally cosplayed Charizard and I was at Anime Expo and I got my first set of pictures. And literally the day that the photographer sent the pictures back, I was like, oh, these are great. I'm gonna post some of these, this is awesome. And that same night I decided to go out Pokemon hunting on the pier with my friends and there was a Charizard. And there were hundreds of people running around and looking for this Charizard. And I was stoked because I had cosplayed Charizard he's my favorite and I got it. I literally screamed. It was like a childhood dream come true. I was like five years old all over again. Obviously this cosplay is amazing for you due to that story as well as it's a great cosplay. How did you go about constructing it? Charizard 
was a little more complicated than most of the stuff I had done. So all of the fabric parts, I had actually done by hand. I didn't even use any patterns. I just sketched this out and go for it and sew it and hope it looks like clothes when I'm done. The gloves were hard. I never made gloves before. It was three-fingered gloves, and it literally took me three tries. The first two just were tragic, just absolutely tragic. I actually had to make some repairs on the feet. I had used insulation foam for the toes, and they looked great. And I was like, this is awesome. But I didn't think about the fact that insulation foam is hard and breakable. And the second I walked, the toes broke. And I was like, well, that sucks. So I had to use a different kind of foam that was squishy that I could actually walk on. So my little fireball, I needed a light for it because I wanted it to light up and look cool. But I couldn't find LEDs anywhere. Like I went to Michael's, I went to Joann's, I went to hardware stores and nobody had LED lights. So I improvised and I found a super bright bike light and attached it in there. So there's literally a bike light inside of my fireball. Other than that, the most challenging things were definitely the wings. I got some PVC pipes and heated them up, but to heat them up, you have to put sand inside of them. So it was a messy process, but it was kind of fun. I heated up the PVC pipes and bent them to the shape. And then I mounted them to a wooden board and I mounted that to like a harness for the wings. What was the inspiration and where did you get this idea to use PCB pipes and wood and the harness? So I worked with Zach Labs. He makes these really cool harnesses to put wings and stuff on. So he actually made the harness. I was kind of lost. So I asked him, I was hey, clearly you make wings a lot. What should I do? And he's the one who actually gave me the idea for PVC pipe. Okay, sure. Sounds easy enough. And from there, I just looked up tutorials like how do I heat PVC pipes? How do I make this look like a thing? So online tutorials are always very helpful. And it actually came together easier than I thought. I stressed out about it a lot because it was new and scary, but it was okay. It was a good learning experience. And obviously you mentioned that you just wore this cosplay out mm -hmm. at Anime Expo. How was it received considering that Pokemon Go was coming out and Pokemon's really hot at the moment? It was cool. I went to a Pokemon gathering and there were a bunch of other Charizards too and it was awesome. And it was really cool too seeing everybody's different styles. There were three or four other Charizards and none of us looked alike. Everybody was so different. So that was really cool to see. And now to shift to another franchise that you've cosplayed as, which is the League of Legends franchise. And you cosplayed as Katrina, Nar, and Poro. With a few twists to these characters. With Katrina, you have a Christmas theme with her. That's one of her skins. It's Sleigh Bell Katarina. And I actually did that in November because it was around Christmas time and I love Christmas. And I was like, I want to do a Christmas cosplay. So why did you choose this skin to do with this cosplay? It was around Christmas. She has a lot of great skins. But being around Christmas time, it was a lot easier to get my hands on materials. For example, the dress is like an altered Santa dress. I bought it and then cut it up and sewed it back together how I wanted it. It was Christmas time, so it was easy to find red and white stockings, and it just made life a lot easier. And now, being that it's Christmas, do you feel that you are more limited when you cosplay as her in this? I see people cosplaying holiday skins all the time, but for me, I'm like, no, I can only cosplay this in the winter. It has to be Christmas time. But I don't mind. To be honest, that cosplay is pretty uncomfortable and I would like to reconstruct it because there's a lot of things that were taped together last minute but it is fun to wear I love to like redo the blades because it was the first time I'd ever made a weapon other than just a boomerang and it was the first time I used Warbla too and it was not good but I learned a lot I know if I remade them they'd be a lot better and now you have some photos taken with this cosplay that tend to be a bit on the more riskier side how did they come about so I really like taking pictures that relate to the characters personalities and Katarina is a very sexy, strong, badass ninja, but she's also fierce. And usually that is very difficult for me to pull off in pictures. I tend to always cosplay the cute things or I'm a maid. And usually that's 
what I like to do just because it's easy. So honestly, those pictures pushed me out of my comfort zone, but it was pretty easy to do because I worked with a friend of mine, Knickknacks Photography, and he makes me feel comfortable. So it, it made that a bit easier to do those kind of photo shoots. And you just mentioned that you want to go back and improve upon this cosplay and rework it. How do you feel that you've improved from when you first created this cosplay to now? I learned a lot about how Warbler actually works. I probably should have watched more tutorials, but I was kind of rushing it to be honest and my warbler has melted and so I've learned a lot about that. Same thing with painting. I've learned a lot more about how to properly prime something and paint different kinds of shadows. And now another League of Legends character you have cosplayed as is Gnar, in particular the dino skin. What was the motivation behind this cosplay? I love Nar. He is such a great character. I just think it's adorable. Like he's got this little onesie. It's so cozy and so cute. And I actually didn't make all of that cosplay. The hoodie and the ears were made by my friend. Fluorescent is her commission company. I made the boomerang and we actually cosplayed Dino Nar together. And that was super fun. And that was actually the first ever cosplay I wore in a masquerade performance. We performed at PMX together and that was super fun. And now speaking about commissions, you just mentioned that you commissioned pieces of this cosplay off. How do you go about determining where your skills are and what you need to get commissioned and what you don't need to get commissioned in that entire realm? And how do you go about getting that taken care of? It's honestly time management. I tend to be super busy because I have a full-time job and I work at a couple different maid cafes. So every few weekends I'm doing stuff with them. Sometimes it's like, oh, I really want to cosplay this character, but I don't have time to make a prop. I know a lot of really talented people in the cosplay community that will gladly commission things. I do like the challenge of doing things myself, but sometimes I know if I really want to be a character but don't have time, it's worth it for me to ask another artist than to stress out and rush something. And it won't be exactly what I wanted. And now to come back to your cosplay of Gnar, you mentioned you were in Germany and the League of Legends World Finals were in Germany. And I believe you went to that. I Gnar. did. What was that like cosplaying at that event? So it happened to be on Halloween in Germany everybody walks everywhere so at first I was super embarrassed because it was nine in the morning and I'm walking down the street in this ridiculous outfit and people are looking at me and this is fine it was cold in Germany and there was people cosplaying these skimpy little things and they were just freezing and I'm like that is dedication because I actually chose to bring Nar over anybody else because it was warm and it was really cool I got to meet a lot of international cosplayers which was awesome because that's not something you get to do every day and now another League of Legends character is Horo what were the challenges in creating this cosplay? Well, this was interesting because a Poro in League of Legends is just a round ball of fluff. It's not even any kind of human form. And I love Poros. They're cute and squishy and adorable. But I made this cosplay for Anime Expo and I wanted it to be a little summery twist on Poros even though they live in the snow. So that's why I decided to go with the dress. But I never worked with fur before and I learned really quickly that you need different kinds of sewing needles because I broke four needles trying to sew the stupid fur. Um, and when I was cutting it, there was fur all over the house. I had to vacuum everything. Also, I had made my own horns, but I made it out of a kind of clay that ended up being really heavy and I couldn't put it on my head. So I had to put it in emergency commission for my friend. Hey, my horns, they're too heavy. I can't wear them. Can you help me out? And she did, which was awesome. And now, how do you go about obtaining fur as a material? I actually got that from a friend. One of my best friends used to go to fashion school. So she has a ton of scrap fabric. So she was, hey, I have all this white fur. Do you want it? And I was like, are you kidding me? Yes. 
I know not a lot of places carry fur. Sometimes you have to look online for that kind of stuff. But luckily, stuff like white, black, brown fur is pretty easy to find. And now obviously League of Legends is very popular. New characters are coming out all the time. New skins are coming out and the game is addicting to many people. How do you feel that helps to benefit your cosplay? And do you have any other characters from the League of Legends franchise coming out soon? I have so many. One of my favorite new skins is Star Guardian Lux because she's basically a sailor scout and it's super cute and really girly pink and purple and shiny. So that's definitely on my list. Jinx is on my list because she's crazy. She's awesome. Sejuani, she rides this giant boar and I eventually want to make an actual thing that I can ride. I don't know if that will ever happen, but that's on my list. There's a lot that I still want to cosplay from League of Legends. And I'll briefly enter the comic world of cosplaying. You were Mary Jane and you took some photos with spider Gwen. How did that entire photo shoot and cosplay session come about? That was a spur of the moment thing. The photographer that I worked with was photographing the spider Gwen and he was like, hey, be really cool if we had a Mary Jane. I think that day I was wearing completely different cosplay and our photo sessions were back to back and I was okay I can throw something together. I've got lots of red wigs and outfits and we just put it together and did a few photos together and it was fun. And now we're leaving the comic side of cosplay and we're entering the avatar realm of cosplay with your Ty Lee. How did that come about? When I first saw her, I fell in love with her because she is spunky and energetic and she's got all these crazy gymnast moves and I'm actually a competitive cheerleader. So I was like, hey, I want to put my acrobatic stuff to use. And I actually did a short acrobatics routine at Anime California for the masquerade last year. And obviously Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra are very popular. The shows are still widely respected and they're enjoyed by many people as well as the comics are continuously coming out and are really well received. How do you feel that helps to keep this character fresh, popular, and really still in the minds of so many people? It's one of those timeless things. I feel like right now I could go tell a friend, hey, you should watch this, and they'd still love it just as much as when it came out. It's a wide range of ages, I feel. I'm sure younger kids can appreciate Avatar, but so can us older kids. I think having that big range definitely helps connect people and be able to get into it no matter how old you are. And obviously Ty Lee was your first cosplay completed by yourself. How does that make you feel as a cosplayer to have your first one done by yourself? I felt really accomplished. It was a much simpler cosplay because it was all fabric. There was no crazy props, not a lot of detail, but it felt so rewarding at the end of the day, have this finished thing and be like, I made this. I didn't have to ask anybody for help. I didn't have to get anything commissioned. And it was super rewarding and especially to participate in the masquerade and be on stage showing it off. It was super exciting. It was a great experience. And now you also had the opportunity to cosplay as a Disney princess, Rapunzel. What is it like to cosplay as a Disney princess? I love being a Disney princess because I think it's so adorable when little kids come up to you and, oh, Rapunzel, oh my gosh, they think I'm a real princess. This is amazing. Then when I went to take those photos, I was in a park and there were so many little girls that were like, oh, it's Rapunzel. And it's so fun to get into the character. And there's something special about connecting, especially with the younger kids. Same thing with My Little Pony cosplays. There's always young girls. They're like, oh my gosh, it's Pinkie Pie. And it's so great being young and you see a Disney princess and you're like, oh my God, it's a real life princess. It's just cool to be able to pass that on to more people and make them happy. Do you have any tips or or any advice for anybody who wants to go out and become a Disney princess? Just do it. If you want to be a princess, go be a princess. <laughs>
And now the photos you have taken with the Rapunzel are very well done. Mm -hmm. What was it like to shoot out in the woods and in a park and in public? And how did the entire photo session come about with this cosplay? That was pretty interesting because before then, most of the photography had been, I'm going to go to a studio, but this time it was at a park. And of course, I got lots of strange looks. People asked me multiple times, oh my gosh, is that your real hair? I was so tempted to just be like, yeah, obviously, but I can't lie. But it was actually really fun because we were literally like in this big garden in the woods and I was barefoot walking around on trees and there was like a rock in the middle of a river that we wanted to shoot on. So I'm jumping from rock to rock trying to get to this place and not fall over and ruin my cosplay. So it was an adventure. It was really fun. And now you mentioned another one, which is Pinkie Pie. Why this pony? She is just my favorite. It feels like she is me in real life. I'm super crazy, super energetic. I love being around lots of people and making new friends. So she just called to me. And I've only done one outfit of her so far, but I have at least three others for her planned. Not with any definite date, but they're in my book of things I must do at some point. And do you have any fun Pinkie Pie convention stories? First place I wore it was not a convention, it was a gathering. I walked in and I was just getting so into the character and I was bouncing around and going from person to person and talking in her voice. And I heard people being like, oh my gosh, she sounds just like her. And I was like, that's awesome, oh my gosh, I'm being the character. And to be honest, sometimes I can be shy meeting new people, but when I'm cosplaying as Pinkie Pie, I just feel like, well, I'm Pinkie Pie. I have to meet new people. And it actually makes it easier for me to go up to people that I don't know and make friends and hang out and have fun. And now we just spoke about a little bit with your Rapunzel cosplay, but you have engaged with many professional photographers from eye photographer cosplayers, knickknack photography, Eugene Concept, to name a few. How do you typically meet photographers and how do you set up photo sessions? Honestly, a lot of them are friends that I've met. For example, knickknacks photography, there was just some kind of gathering, not even a convention, and I met him and he was really cool and we took pictures there and then I set up photo shoots with him after. It's just cool. Another one that I work with is DDD photography. I met him a long time ago, like one of my first anime expos and we reconnected just a few years ago recently and he does great work. Most of them are just friends, honestly. And how does a typical photo shoot work with you? Is it a collaboration between you and the photographer or do they give you direction? It depends on the photographer and that's why I like having more than just one person to work with. For example, DDD photography. His name's Dominic. He gives me a lot of direction from little details like how I pose, like open your eyes a little bit more or like close your mouth like this. Very tiny details and I really love that because I don't know what I'm doing. He's the one looking at me so I totally trust him. And then there's others like I photograph cosplayers. His name is Victor. He just points the camera and I do my thing. Sometimes I choose different photographers based on what cosplay I'm doing. For example, something like Katarina. I need a little more direction. But if I'm doing a made photo shoot, I feel very comfortable posing and knowing what I'm doing with my face. So I might pick somebody who doesn't give as much direction. And then after you do the photo shoot, what typically happens with those photos and do they get turned into prints? I'm not in the print game right now. The photographers send me a set of pictures. Here's all the good ones. And I'll put them on my Facebook page every couple of days. I like to space it out so I have something to show off every few days, especially if I'm in a dry spell and I'm not working on something. I don't have any work in progress to show. I like to show the other cosplays that I've done. And now to leave the cosplay world, but go into a field that's related, you work in a maid cafe, in particular Tokari Maids. Can you give a little detail how you got into this and what exactly your role is for those who aren't familiar? Six years ago, I was in college and a lot of my friends who I went to Anime Expo with had left the state for school. And I wanted to keep going to Anime Expo and I was like, well, I don't know who to go to Anime Expo with. I don't want to go by myself. And I saw an ad pop up to apply to be in the maid cafe. And I was like, that sounds like fun. I like dancing. I like performing.
performing. Let's give it a shot. So I applied and I got in. Okay, this is cool. So I started off at Anime Expo Made Cafe and it's a big family. There were so many of us and I met so many new people and I loved it. I did that for six years. I actually just retired from the AX Made Cafe this year, but I'm in a bunch of different things. I'm in Tokari Maids, Summoner's Cafe, and Arcane Cafe. My main role in those tends to be a performer. I love dancing. I will literally dance until I faint. I love dancing and I will not stop. We also interact with guests and usually it's just all about helping our guests have fun. Whether it's playing games or just hanging out or if we have food to serve. Just about having a good time. And obviously you have a maid uniform that's very Lolita-like. How'd you go about creating that or how'd you go about obtaining it? I have a couple of different <laughs> maid uniforms. They're actually all bought. Some of them I modify for different purposes. For example, for Summoner's Cafe, I am NAR. So I have a bunch of accessories that go with it, like a different headband. I've got ears. And then I have a growing collection of different colored petticoats because you can't be a maid without a petticoat. So I have a lot of maid accessories, that's for sure. And how do you feel that performing in a maid cafe is similar to the cosplay? side that you do still dressing up which is always fun and most cafes are usually in conventions or are around cosplay events even if i'm not technically cosplaying it's still around that community and that community is what's super important to me one of the main things that people want to know is what advice can you offer them to getting into cosplay or getting into a make cafe whether it's creating cosplay or photography or anything in that realm when it comes to creating cosplay i think my best advice would would be don't be afraid even if you think you can't do it or I'm not the right body type for that who cares right we're all just dressing up and having fun and I'm the type that likes to challenge myself hey I, I want to learn to use warbler and it sounds scary but once you get past the scared part it's really fun and honestly cosplayers are the most skilled people out there cosplayers know how to sew and paint and craft that's awesome don't be afraid to be proud to be a cosplayer too and then finally do you have anything you would like to promote Facebook Twitter website Instagram you can like me on Facebook, Kiki's Cosplay. My Instagram is Made Kiki. There I put more of my everyday life things, not just cosplay stuff. I have a Twitter. It's also Made Kiki. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcast. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can check out popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture. As well as you can follow us on Twitter at popanimecomics for all updates regarding this podcast. Till next week, everybody have a wonderful week.